the game evolves. The, the goalkeeper has evolved with it. And that's why, for me, it's it's the game has created this. It's not a modern goalkeeper. Shilton was a modern goalkeeper in that time. Schmeichel was a modern goalkeeper in his time. Edison, Allison, Neuer, Testegen, they're modern goalkeepers in their time. It's the game that creates the modern goalkeeper, not modern goalkeepers create the game. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of the Gloves on Podcast. We're your host Alexander Brams and alongside me is Mark Sundan and as always. And today we have a very exciting guest, Tony Elliott. Tony, welcome. Thank you guys. Pleasure to be with you and uh, hopefully uh, we have a, a wonderful um, half an hour uh, talking all things goalkeeping. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and you mentioned all things goalkeeping. So it'll be all that and Tony, you work within a few different fields and Let's mention a few of them because Tony, you work for the, you are the lead goalkeeper coach for Birmingham women, and you are the lead goalkeeper coach for the men's England men's deaf and blind football, and you also work in different fields such as the cerebral palsy, seven-a-side football, and the men's visually impaired futsal. So you uh, you are quite a busy guy, and you are working within different sectors of goalkeeping and. We love that, and that's why we we invited you on this podcast. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tony, yeah, it's, um, uh, it, yeah. it's 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 uh, yeah. My my path has been quite different, you know. Uh, as you say, uh, lead goalkeeper coach in 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 Birmingham City uh, women's team. Uh, obviously, we were in the the top division in um, in women's football until uh, last season. Unfortunately, we we were relegated, which was really tough. Uh, but this year, we we. We obviously will prepare to try and uh, get promotion back into the, the top level again from the, the women's championship. Uh, and yeah, so I work uh, heavily involved with the uh, England men's and deaf squads uh, working for the English FA. So very honoured and privileged to to have um, the opportunity to work in in those different formats of the game. But of course, you mentioned the other formats, and that's been my path. You know, I've I've not been afraid to to diversify and. And to sort of meet the challenges that that working in those formats uh, throws upon the coach. So uh, yeah, it's been an exciting journey up to now. Long may it continue. Yeah, it sounds very exciting, and it sounds like that you just love football, and that's uh, why you just work in all these different fields. And I completely understand that, and that's also my dream is to work with football all the time. Um, but Tony, we have to go into our usual section right here in the beginning of the podcast. We have these, what we call fire questions. So Tony, on the top of your mind, gloves on or gloves off? Uh, well, I can do both. So, uh, when I'm working in mainstream football, uh, I like to have the gloves on when I'm working in futsal, I prefer to have the gloves off. So there's a new one for you, I guess. Yes, uh, we're going to go on that after that. All right, so favourite goalkeeper of all time? 
Uh, now you put me on the spot. Yeah, I have probably two or three, but I think my my, my most favourite all-round goalkeeper of all time uh, is your fellow countryman Peter Schmeichel. Nice one, nice one. Uh, favorite goalkeeper you have played with or worked with? Um, when I was young, I had the great privilege and honour of of spending a little bit of time around the the the, the brilliant Peter Shilton, who was a hero of mine. Okay. Uh, he was a an icon back in uh, the seventies and eighties in in England and into the nineties. But for me to work with him when I was young. Um, really sort of drove me to want to be a professional goalkeeper. So Peter Shilton would be the answer to that. Last question, most important aspect within goalkeeping? And you work in different fields, so this is a tough one. So let us know. Yeah, for me, I think uh, now we, we have to think about uh, an, a more holistic approach to to developing goalkeepers. For me, personally, uh, and uh, this is subjective, but I think the game is about decisions so you know for me i think the, the 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 mindset of the goalkeeper the speed of thought that then creates speed of movement into an action uh, for me it's it's the side side you get that right and then everything else will, will fall into place so for me that would be the most important aspect decision making nice one so yeah a new, actually a new answer in this season it is we always have different answers we have uh, con we have confidence mental aspect and then which you also mentioned but decision making i mm -hmm. i think it's a great answer because decision making is is everything uh we have had quotes before from former guests where they say you can have the right technique mm -hmm. and then make the wrong decision and it's a goal but you can have the wrong technique but make the right decision and then you have a save exactly exactly for me that's what it's based on decisions yeah so Definitely. very deep uh, i guess we haven't got time to really <laughs> delve into that this morning but i'd love to but uh that's maybe another podcast I'd, yeah i'd love to myself uh but mm -hmm. uh tony we we carry on and love the love the answers peter smigel uh <laughs> obviously us Danes, we love we love a good uh why, why why him is it was it because of his his presence and yeah i guess his uh decision making mm -hmm. and he just when he goes in the box he goes in the box and he gets the ball no matter what and i think that's yeah. I think actually that's a little bit what's wrong with the daily with the modern coaches from Denmark. They expect everyone to be Peter Smeichel <laughs> and go into the box every time and just collect the ball. But uh, Peter Smeichel himself he broke actually, the mold. Huh? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Peter Smeichel actually said himself that Casper is better than him because Casper can do so much more. Mm. But Peter was just, as you <laughs> just mentioned, broke the mold because he yeah. he was. He did everything again i've get of course we, we all have a, a, a our own journeys and we all are um affected by by uh, individuals around certain times of our journey you know i i was brought up in a in an era you know uh, i'll show my age a little bit now but you know I, i watched a lot of football from a very young age in the 70s you know and again people like shilton and Uh, you know, Ray Clements, uh, Phil Parks, uh, you know, into the likes of, of Bruce Grobelaar, Neville Southall. I was a young developing goalkeeper watching all of these guys. You know, what a mixture. And then, of course, in the early days of my professional career, Schmeichel was was the go-to. He came onto the scene in, in um, you know, in England in the early 90s when I was just starting to sort of forge my path in the professional game. But he was he was different. He, he like you said, he broke them all. Um, you know, he he plowed the road for, for us in terms of what I think 
Uh, he's the goalkeeper in the modern game. You know, he's he's just willingness to to just be effective and efficient in in moments. You know, some of the the types of save he used to make. You know, his famous starfish type save. And I think also when we look at the the goalkeeper now and we think about them as a this attacking threat when they get the ball. You know what Edison does with his feet now. Schmeichel did with his hand with the throw. You know, so we can't forget that people now look at the likes of, of Edison and Neuer and and, and, and other goalkeepers to Stegen, you know, for instance, the, the quality they bring to the team with their feet in terms of distribution. Schmeichel was doing that with his with his hand, with his throws, you know. How many times did he collect the ball and, and quick fire Manchester United on the break with, with Ryan Giggs, you know? Um, because of, of Schmeichel's awareness and his tactical astuteness to to just begin attacks, you know. So um for me that's that's why i loved him so much and i agree what he maybe says about casper that you know there are additions to 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 casper's game but the game's changed the game's changed casper's in, in essence has to be a little bit different because the game is different from when peter played so casper's probably evolved as well you know with the game so uh really interesting really interesting but for me he, he's the standout and at the moment, always will be. Yeah, Tony, we'll we'll get the, into the topic, main topic of the episode shortly. But I think this is a very interesting chat. So I want to keep going a little bit more about Peter Smigel because, from my perspective, obviously Peter Smigel was a little bit before. I'm still too young to have <laughs> seen him. You know, being this goalkeeper, I've only seen when I see video back, or obviously when they talk in in the media and Denmark, obviously it's a big character. And then his son Casper mm-hmm. is more where I really got into goalkeeping and, and I've seen his style of play. But as far as I know, I think a big part of why Peter Smigel was this great goalkeeper. And we have had previous guests mentioning him as their favorite goalkeeper of all time as well. So obviously he have a big impact on the position. I think it comes down to a lot of his character as well. I think he brought a lot mentality-wise into the game and we see strikers from opponent teams saying that Peter Smigel was the goalkeeper they feared the most in the game. I mean, they were afraid of him. So -hmm. there must be some character to it as well. So when when we talk goalkeeping, I I think we see it evolving a lot in most recent years that goalkeepers are more and more about attitude, about being confident. How important do you see that within goalkeeping? Um, because I think that was something that Peter Schmeichel really brought into goalkeeping was his character and being this, I'm here to to defend the goal and, and if you come at me, I'll, I'll do anything to stop it. Yeah, of course. You know, he he had a wonderful presence. I think that may be the, the word you could use. His, his presence, not just, you know, uh, in defending the goal and putting fear in the opposition. But I think around his teammates, you know, there was enormous trust uh, from his teammates, knowing that if they were beaten, you know, Schmeichel would produce one of these awe-inspiring saves. You know, you could put a collection of his saves on on a, on a uh, you know, a set of clips and, and it would blow your mind as to how he, he just kept the ball out of the net. But it goes back to, like I said before, about being effective and efficient in the moments. It doesn't always have to be textbook. But, you know, the goalkeeper's number one priority is to keep the ball out of the goal. So he, he wasn't too concerned about how that was done. Yes, he had a, a way of doing it. And then, you know, there were there were sort of uh, characteristics that he had 
types of saves he would make, but you know, he would he would use, you know, a hybrid type of save on occasion. It just didn't matter to him. Um, but I think the presence that he brought um, to the pitch, to the team, um, you know, that winning mentality, that, you know, it's a willingness not to be beaten, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to uh, cause con controversy here, but I think maybe sometimes we, we might be losing that a little bit in the modern game, that toughness, that robustness, that willingness to keep the ball from the goal. Um, you know, you look at, uh, you know, some of the pitches that players used to play on in them days and, and you know, come um, January, February, there wasn't a blade of grass on the pitch. You know, how often did you see Schmeichel wearing trousers? You know, because the, the surfaces were, were awful. So, but just getting on with the job, getting on with the game and dealing with that, you know. So, I think that, that robustness, that toughness, that, that uh, physical psychological social presence that he brought to the to the game for me again set him apart from from most others but then you know in that era i, I go back to the likes of grobola who who bought something slightly different you know that 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 confidence that bravado you know to come for crosses on the edge of the box and sometimes even catch a cross you know 15, 16 yards out and with momentum he's going out of the box he just dropped the ball out of the box and then cleared it upfield you know, to have the confidence to do that and to keep doing it, even when things went went wrong, you know, that's that's resilience. You know, that's that's believing in your ability to just keep doing something that you know um, more times than not you, you you're good at and you're the best at. You know, so um, that's what those type of of goalkeepers brought to the game. Yeah, that is definitely uh, something we can keep talking about, and and someone that I think is. Now, as Marcus, I'm not, uh, I was not born in the Peter Schmeichel era, but uh, mm -hmm. but the closest one that I think comes to Peter is actually Courtois, because I've mm -hmm. read a lot of, um, there have been so many debates on whether goalkeeping, like uh, it should not be called a goalkeeper, it should be called a goal player, like Edison, Alisson, where they, they play so much with the team. Mm -hmm. And then we look at Courtois. How did Madrid win the Champions League final? Did they win it by playing out from the back like Alisson? Or did they win it from Courtois eighth or nine saves? Mm -hmm. And that's what they did. They won it from mm -hmm. that. And then, as you just quoted, the number one priority is to keep the ball out the net. Um, and even though I'm a goalkeeper who loves to play with my feet, and, and that is the biggest part of my game, actually, it is playing mm -hmm. out from the back. Uh, I completely agree. It is keep the ball up the net and you do your job. Yeah. So it is a, it's a bit contradictive for me, but. <laughs> but I think this is the game. Like I said before, you know, go back to Shilton, you know, and that era, it was about more or less keeping the ball from the goal. Then we have Schmeichel moving into that era. Okay. Still looking after the goal and protecting the goal, making the saves, but, Think about the distribution with the hand and so on and so forth. Now we're into, you know, an era, a period of the game where we've got this multifunctional individual who still can keep the ball from the goal and make the big saves. But now technically they've got to be gifted with the ability to be able to play with their feet and to become a, an extra player in, in situations where we're trying to build the play. So the game evolves. 
the, the goalkeeper has evolved with it. And that's why, for me, it's it's the game has created this. It's not a modern goalkeeper. Shilton was a modern goalkeeper in that time. Schmeichel was a modern goalkeeper in his time. Edison, Allison, Neuer, Testegen, they're modern goalkeepers in their time. It's the game that creates the modern goalkeeper, not modern goalkeepers create the game. So that evolution will be continual. Where In 10 years' time, will we get to the point where we don't see goalkeepers wearing gloves? You ask the question. How many contacts with the hands will goalkeepers have in the future? We don't know because the game will evolve so much. You know, there's a, there's an interesting one. You know, keep this recording. Come back to me in 10 years if I'm still on this planet, God willing. You know, ask me the question then. Ah, Tony, goalkeepers aren't wearing gloves anymore. Why? Because the game's evolved. We've moved on. That, that's a that's a deal, Tony. Let's do this in ten years, and <laughs> and see how the game has evolved. Because you are completely right. The game evolves, and the goalkeeper evolves, and that's why. When Peter was there, he did everything with his hands, like he threw the ball all the time, which I think is very effective. Like throwing the ball, if you can throw it over the middle, which you can train yourself up to. Uh, and then now, I use my feet ninety percent of the time, mm-hmm. and then only my hands ten percent of the time. Mm-hmm. All right, Tony. As I said, we can continue talking about this for three hours if you wanted to, but now we have to get a little bit into the topic. So, Tony, you are the, the coach for the blind squad, the men's England and blind mm-hmm. squad. How do you coach goalkeepers with communication yeah. in a blind squad? Yeah, It's it's an interesting one because very often uh, when, when people uh, hear that that's one of the roles that I, I fulfil, uh, you know, I'll get the the question. How do they see the ball, the goalkeeper? Well, the goalkeepers are fully sighted, of course. Um, that would be very dangerous for for the goalkeeper to play without sight. So, um, yeah, blind football. We we have uh, five players, one goalkeeper, and four uh, field players. Let's term them that way, who uh, are classed as B one. So so basically, they have virtually uh, very little or no sight. Um, so. The goalkeeper plays a huge part uh, in in many aspects of the game. Of course, we go back to the the main priority, the role of of uh, keeping the ball from the goal, the goalkeeper. Um, but also, they 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 will play a big part in terms of the in position side of the game. In other words, being able to distribute uh, with quality to make sure they get the ball um, to where the ball needs to be in terms for the players to be able to play and control the ball, move the ball. Um, but the communication side is is pivotal. So if you imagine, um, you know, you've got four players in front of you that have no sight. So they're, they're very much working on, on sound and feel, touch. Um, the goalkeeper now has to try as much as they can, as quickly as they can to paint pictures for those players to then react on and not just control one player, but at times to control three, even four players in a, in a very, very uh, minimal amount of time. So you've got to also remember that if the players uh, back is towards the goalkeeper, then the goalkeeper uh, can, can paint the picture as they see. But imagine the player is facing the goalkeeper now everything is in reverse. So the detail and information that the goalkeeper will give the player that is facing them will, will more or less be in reverse in terms of direction, distance and so on, because the player is facing the goalkeeper. So um, obviously we have ways of, of connecting 
the goalkeeper to the players when we practice, when we train. So we'll set up certain scenarios, certain situations where, you know, we'll we'll, we'll allow uh, the goalkeeper time to to organise the group. But um, you have to also remember that we work to certain rules and regulations. So, um, for instance, when the ball goes out of play, the goalkeeper in possession of the ball, once they get the ball in their hands, they only have four seconds to distribute the ball. So in that time, the team must be organised. Now, a lot of the time, the levels that we play at, the team will automatically recognise and organise the shape that they need to get into. So that literally all the goalkeeper has to do is maybe talk to one or two players before they distribute the ball. So along with the goalkeeper uh, as sort of communicator, we also have sort of the lead coach or the head coach on the side of the pitch who works in terms of communication from the side. And behind the team's attacking goal, we have the guide that will work with the players when they get closer to the attacking goal. So the the field, the pitch is literally split into three. So in the defending third, the goalkeeper is the communicator and the talker. In the middle third, the head coach, lead coach on the side is the communicator talker. In the attacking third, the guy behind the goal will be the communicator, the talker, the giver of information. The referees are quite tight on that. So if, for instance, the ball is in the middle third, if the goalkeeper or the guide at the opposite end are talking, the referees will give them warnings. And at times they can be uh, penalised, carded, um, if they are over-talking when the ball isn't in their third. So there are a, a lot of sort of rules and regs that they, they have to follow in that situation, otherwise the team get penalised, you know. Of course, with the goalkeeper, it is about communication and information. But also, there are restrictions on the goalkeeper. So if you think about futsal, we have a similar size goal and we have a six-metre D that the goalkeeper were, or, or the will be set out on the field. But there is also, in front of the goal, a two-by-five-metre box that the goalkeeper isn't allowed to move from. Because obviously, if they did, they'd have too much influence on the team. So imagine, technically, when we do our work with the goalkeepers, we are restricted to that two by five metre box in front of the goal. We can't move the goalkeeper outside of that. Otherwise, in a game, if that happens, any contact with the ball outside of that two by five metre box or rectangle, um, then it will be, uh, be a penalty to the opposition. So it's not just about communication. The, 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 the mental side of the goalkeeper in blind football uh, and the mental preparation is huge um, in terms of patience, um, sort of expectations of how to work with and, and look after and deal with teammates and, of course, opposition. Because as much as the goalkeeper is communicating with their own players, behind the goalkeeper is a guide who's shouting at the top of his voice to help and encourage the attackers of the opposition towards the goalkeeper's goal. So the goalkeeper's trying to inform in one way and the guy behind the goal is shouting to the opposition. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and so mentally, um, the goalkeeper in blind football has to be so prepared for all of this uh, that's happening. So hopefully that's not confused you guys too much. No, yeah, it's. I'm just sitting, sitting here. I'm just very, very impressed about it. And uh, there are so many aspects, as you mentioned, and Prior to this podcast, I obviously did some research and watched some some clips and video online. And mm -hmm. when I saw that as well, I was just impressed of how 
how high of a level it really is. Because if, when you say blind football, I would think, okay, um, I wouldn't expect it to be as high level as I saw yesterday, for example, when I saw clips and stuff from it. But Tony, if we take it a little bit deeper into goalkeeping, within I, I want to talk a little bit about the difference in in your daily work because obviously you have to structure a session for goalkeeping within football where you have um our field training sessions all this and then other sessions where you have the blind football obviously there is such a big difference within the structure of your goalkeeper sessions and what you do within those sessions so how do you balance that first of all and how what would you say is is the biggest difference within your sessions both from saying goalkeeping within football and goalkeeping within blind football great question and i think this has been my privilege to be able to uh be part of working in different formats of the game you know i think back to the last six or seven weeks i have literally jumped from working with uh a deaf football squad and goalkeepers that are deaf straight into the blind european championships where we traveled to italy with england and we bronze medaled unfortunately we got to the semi-finals but got beat on penalties and then literally coming home to jump straight back into mainstream football in the women's game and preparing for a pre-season which started last monday so the diversity that, that brings but also the challenges that it brings to recognize and understand the role of the goalkeeper in each of those formats for me that's that's why i love my life but also i think i've been brave and i don't say that with an ego or to impress anyone but i've never been afraid to step out of my comfort zone and go into a different format of the game what i have done over the years is if i've been offered an opportunity to work in in those formats I haven't just gone in without any reference to what, what I'm going into. I've immersed myself in those formats before I've taken the roles. So I'm, I'm kind of preparing myself. You know, like you guys said, you've looked at videos and everything else. But I, that's, that's brilliant. And I love the fact that you've done that. That shows a lot of respect for, what, for who's coming on to your podcast and also that you want to learn. That's brilliant. But I had to go above and beyond that because I needed to hit the ground running and know more or less exactly what the role of the goalkeeper was in those formats, rules, regulations, uh, the, the, the physical specification of the goalkeeper. So what a goalkeeper looks like in, in futsal might be different to what it looks like in blind football and similar to deaf football because deaf football is mainstream 11 aside in the women's game. So all the time I'm, I'm working with goalkeepers that have different different characteristics, different profiling, uh, different roles and responsibilities within the formats that they play. So there are, what I've learned over the years is I, I can at times dovetail some of the the, 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 the the way in which I work and the characteristics of the goalkeepers, but I also have to separate them to make sure that, that a lot of the work I do is specific to that format because there, there will be things that I could maybe do um, in futsal that might not fit in mainstream game. But from experience, I know and I understand that there are certain elements of futsal that I can bring in to the mainstream game. And it has helped 
and educated and developed goalkeepers further because I've taken something from a different format that's that's brought something new to their game. You know, people often ask me what what aspects. Well, okay, we'll look at the modern game: blocking, spreading, saves with the feet, distribution. It's all prevalent in futsal. Goalkeeper uses those techniques and you know to to fantastic uh, levels. Of course, the the sizes, dimensions, goals, and everything are, are different, but the actual actions aren't. So why are we refusing to accept that, that we can transfer <clears throat> certain things from certain formats to help develop goalkeepers in, in another format? I know it works because I've tried it, but I've been brave enough to try it, not to, to blink on myself and say, no, I'm not going to accept that. And that that's, yeah. for me, where, where I've had to, over the years, just adapt my way of working. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely, Tony. And and this is something that we've talked about before. It's the it's the open mindedness of mm -hmm. a coach and a person in general. It is to accept different yeah. things, different cultures, different techniques. Uh, if you're Italian, how can you learn from the English? If you're Danish, how can you learn from the Germans? And and etc. 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 It's all that. And it sounds like you are uh, a well rounded and educated goalkeeper coach because you you are in all the fields and i actually want to talk a little bit about futsal because i played futsal for three years myself i was actually mm -hmm. in the final four in denmark in the best division two two years in mm -hmm. a row and mm -hmm. um the first year i used goalkeeper gloves and i used long pants mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. i adapted the next year i used shorts um of course uh what's it called hip pads <laughs> knee pads Padded, elbow yeah. pads yeah. and then no gloves because you don't need gloves like it, yeah it hurts a little bit when you catch it but you mm -hmm. throw the ball so much better without your gloves yeah. and something that i took on from futsal was the as you said the blocking the saving with the feet mm -hmm. i think it's done two things it's done me way better in one way ones mm -hmm. but it's also sometimes done me a little bit worse in one way ones because if i sit down and do a k block two meters from a guy mm -hmm. on an 11 aside field mm -hmm. the goal is so big yeah like yeah. they can still score and then i think that's harmed me a little bit but if i do a k block half a meter from a guy there's no chance he scores and my no. hands are just there <laughs> and then i think i just have a bad habit of turning my body away because naturally mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. when a ball comes and it's 100 kilometers yeah. an hour you you turn your head because you don't want to get it in your face mm -hmm. um of course yeah of course uh, it's, it's, so it's it comes brilliant. down to it, it comes down to from my point of view and this is where we, we, the coach has to have a connection with the goalkeeper you have to look at this deeply there's so much that goes into the 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 actual capability of being able to to use those skills and to make the saves in terms of time it's recognizing when where and how to use it like you said it, it, if you engage in futsal you you know at the right time, making because of the size of the goal you haven't they can't get it up and over you because of the size of the goal so if I'm coaching that in mainstream football, then I have to adapt the timings, the distance, and so on and so forth. The, the goalkeeper creates that action to be fit mainstream football because of the dimensions are different, the distances are different, size of the goal is and so on and so forth. But that's the skill of, of the coach is recognizing when, where, and how the goalkeeper would, would be able to use that skill but then putting the goalkeeper into situations where they can feel comfortable enough to know that they've made making the right decisions. So the practice element is huge. 
they're going to get it wrong. That's fine. In the transference of it all, it takes time. You can't just click your fingers and go, you're going to be able to do a block save or a split save or a, a forward kick through save. The physical preparation, um, mental preparation, decision making. You know, being in those environments where you basically just work on the fundamentals of the technique and then you take it into the next levels and phases of the practice where it becomes real in the game. So, but if you're open-minded enough, you can see the re the relate how it relates, but you have to understand how to transfer it over. That's the key. That is absolutely the key, Antonio. I think just... Um... A uh, a note to people is a you have just have to be open minded. Um, mm -hmm. In general, if if you're close minded, you have close minded opinions and so on. But that's another whole another uh, humanitarian <laughs> talk, uh, a TED talk we could have. Tony, we are coming to an end here, so we need to ask our usual question. Since we're called the Gloves On Podcast, what are your favorite gloves and why? Okay, so I have to give you two answers. First and foremost, I have to say, because I represent them, I'm an ambassador, I currently wear GK Icon. So I've been with the brand for a few years now, and obviously they, they have GK Icon and, and the Karma brand glove. Um, so I wear their gloves on a daily basis. I find them fantastic. I'm not just saying that because I wear them. You know, the lads have really looked after me, and they really work hard, um, you know, to, to produce, um, you know, gloves that, that will, will benefit the, the goalkeeper in the modern game. I think as a player, I was privileged and honoured uh, to get looked after by Puma uh, through sort of the middle phase of my um, my sort of career. So uh, I think at the time, Buffon was obviously very heavily involved with Puma. So I was kind of wearing similar gloves and boots. So I was very big on, on simplistic boots. So I, I wore Puma Kings. That was the boot for me. I still wear them now in training and everything else. Um, nice. But the Puma range of gloves sort of through the, the mid to late 90s was phenomenal. Uh, so I would have to say at that stage, um, I, I loved the Puma range and Puma gloves. Yeah. Brilliant answer. I I actually grew up with uh, with Puma because my the two clubs I played in was mm -hmm. with Puma and I loved them. I actually loved the the roll finger from their gloves mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. was yeah absolute so good. Mm -hmm. And my first year in college, I also wore the 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 roll finger once. Mm -hmm. So so Tony, unfortunately, we 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 are done with the podcast. Oh, wow. No, no, please, it, it, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, it's been thirty five minutes already, and. We yeah. have absolutely enjoyed this. So, Tony, thank you so much for joining us today. We are looking forward to publishing this and to, in 10 years, get you on for a new one to talk about the new modern goalkeeper. No, it's been an honor and a privilege. I've loved every second. Uh, let's hope it's not 10 years because uh, hopefully I'll have uh, a lot more to, to sort of share with you guys in the future. But um, always love talking everything goalkeeping. You guys keep doing what you're doing. You're providing a fantastic service to the goalkeeping community and beyond. And um, everybody else, just just keep uh, you know sprinkling that gold dust and, and caring and sharing. That's what it's about. So good luck to everybody. Thank you so much, and yeah, good luck to everybody. And guys, if you still listen out there, please leave a review and share this podcast with another goalkeeper for them to keep improving because that is what it's all about. It's improvement and loving the position. <laughs> <laughs>